Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. From Variety, I'm Michael Schneider. Ian McShane is known for playing larger-than-life characters on series such as Star's American Gods and HBO's Deadwood, which is set to return in May as a two-hour movie. When asked to pick a favorite TV episode, however, McShane chooses FX's Atlanta and praises series creator Donald Glover for taking him to a world he's less familiar with. So when I saw the show, it was a completely different perspective because it's a a cultural experience outside of my experience because it's a black show, you know, and it was really... But it's not. It's just say... And it doesn't make concessions to anything. That's what I liked about it. It just drops you in. But Atlanta seemed such a... And also because you see faces you've never seen, actors you've never seen. On this edition of the podcast, we talked to Ian McShane about his favorite episode of TV ever, Barbershop, from season two of Atlanta. Plus another favorite, HBO's High Maintenance. It's my favorite episode. My favorite episode's about to start. Cause you're my favorite episode. My favorite episode. Coming real, it's the next episode. Written by Stephanie Robinson and directed by series creator and star Donald Glover, the Atlanta episode Barbershop was a showcase for star Brian Tyree Henry who plays Alfred, a.k.a. rising hip-hop star Paperboy. The episode aired during Season 2 on March 29, 2018. Barbershop follows the frustration Alfred encounters as he simply wants to get a trim from his barber Bibby, played by Robert Powell. He ends up on a reluctant adventure as Bibby runs a few questionable errands. Oh, you got somewhere to be? Yes, baby man. Oh, yeah, I said bad. that, hey, man. I didn't know. My bad. Hey, Just, hey, no big deal, uh, baby. Hey, 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 hey. No big deal. You should have said that. All right, man. We good. I'll get the squad away. <laughs> oh, shit. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Ain't nothing. Yeah, I got the color. You, you are. Uh-huh. Get you ready for Hollywood. That reminds me. Hey, did you see that basketball player that hit all them people at the club in that invisible car? That shit on YouTube. Yeah, man, I, I, I know that. That is the funniest bit. You got to see this shit. I got to show you this. This shit here is funny. But I ain't got to, I ain't got to, I already. Uh-uh, you got to watch this. You need to watch this. Trust me. You got to watch that right quick. Let me use the bathroom. Though. Man, where you go? Let me just. Stephanie Robinson's script for Barbershop was nominated for Outstanding Writing for a Comedy Series at the 2018 Primetime Emmy Awards. For Ian McShane, who has spent some time in Atlanta shooting various projects, the show transported him to another world he was excited to visit. McShane is also in awe of series creator Donald Glover and is even a fan of Glover's music work as Childish Gambino. Variety's My Favorite Episode podcast sat down with McShane recently to discuss Atlanta, as well as two more McShane favorites, High Maintenance and The Rockford Files. We also discussed his return to the Deadwood set for the first time in more than a decade and how he believes American Gods hasn't missed a beat despite its long hiatus. 
But before all that, we chatted about podcasts, of all things. Do you do a lot of podcasts now? Have you been a, no, a guest I, on I, quite I've a few? No, I've one or two. It's become a sort of a thing, isn't it? Now? It's become very... A return to radio in another form. Exactly. And and there's a lot of interesting, uh, you know, even radio productions and dramas and, and things well, like that. Well, there's always been that. I mean, you know, it's funny. I mean, it's always been a big thing in England, you know. I mean, I'd rather sometimes, you know, rather than when you take a a trip in a car, they usually do, you know, Radio 4. Yeah. A play by it. And they're written specifically for radio, which means that they're great because, you know, sound effects... Uh, it was always funny. It was always a joke among actors that when you, they joined, there was a thing like a, the rep, the BBC rep, radio rep. And yeah. People would be there, you know, and the Guardian crosswords. I think I did one back in the back in the sixties, and it was like a hardcore group of, and they were so professional. They'd sort of, but some would be knitting. It was really <laughs> funny. Yeah, knitting, and they'd amble up about. Hmm. They do like classical productions, Oedipus, Oedipus <laughs> Rex, knitting, and next minute go. Oh, Oedipus. <laughs> then they go back. <laughs> Crosswords. Yeah. There's a whole other world. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, of whatever. Of actors do. And some never, some just love that. They just did radio plays. Yeah. And, it's, and we've come full circle. Full circle. And, and as, as much as we talk. Well, radio's great because you, you have to use the old imagination, you know. It's yeah. great. Like with everything, like with music. But... Um, yeah, well, I, I think you're you're overdue to do uh, a, a podcast, the, the Ian McShane Show. Or <laughs> no, it's funny talking to people, um, but it, well, everybody does it now. They all think, you know, I'll, I'll chat about what. I mean, most of them. Are, I mean, it's like, you know, it's like everything, the tech industry in the '90s when you're a dot com bubble, five thousand firms, suddenly there's ten left. It's like the motor car. How many firms? You know, when that started, there were like 5,000 people wanted to build motor cars. It came down to about 10, so yeah. it sorts itself out. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's that's what I found even podcasts talking about television. So so that's where I kind of like came up with this this angle at least. Okay, let's let's talk about everything that people are up to, but let's also sort of get their take on what they've been inspired by or what well, they've well, enjoyed you know, over the years. Well, you know, it's funny. When you talk about it, when I heard the former, when you asked me, and it's like saying... I mean, I picked a particular show. Only be, um, it's difficult to pick one show, and I picked one completely out of my sort of... Something that was different. I mean, I, I picked Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, which I, I have a sort love. of a, Well, I mean, I just think, you know, he's hugely talented, Mr. Glover, but it's not just that. It's a, it's a whole other... When I saw it originally, I mean, I'd heard about it. I was filming away a lot, and I came back, and you watch things. And you like to be... You know, out of your comfort zone. I don't watch a lot of drama. I mean, there's so much now on yeah. on, on television, etc. But Atlanta's funny because I remember I did a, I remember having a, I did a movie back in the eighties, and they had the premiere there, so we went down there for two days, and it was. Um, then I went back in '92 and made a, a film I produced and, and, and acted in called Soul Survivors, which is about a, an English DJ discovering his favorite soul band from the sort of seventies and. And that was location back in Atlanta, and, yeah. I've always, and then I went back again, and did uh, this Bolden movie, which is which I've got coming out in a couple of weeks. Jazz movie. We we did some in Atlanta, and I've always found a place that it's a you know I'm burnt to the ground, you know, um, and it, it's an odd place. I always felt there was undercurrents of being in the South, yeah. pretending it's this big grown-up city, which it's not quite as sophisticated as it paints itself in many ways, but it is. 
Zaxby's, which shows me the, the great chicken food which is mentioned in the show. Yeah. So when I saw the show, it was a completely different perspective because it's a, a cultural experience outside of my experience because it's a black show, yeah. you know, and it was re- But it's not. It's just say, and it doesn't make concessions to anything. That's what I like about it. It just drops you in. Um, and I picked the episode because it was about, it related to us, that it... It wasn't particularly about anything. I mean, you know, now they, they criticize and they pick TV shows apart about what it means culturally, what it means significantly about, like, you know, our show, American Gods, which they go, oh, it's the second season, misses that, and it's not as good the first time. But you forget it's a, it's a, it's a, worldwide, fam- a worldwide famous book. There's a lot of other people in the world who are watching it yeah. for other reasons. So, um, but Atlanta seemed... Such a, and also because you see faces you've never seen before, actors you've never seen. I mean, I'd never, you know, seen a lot of the people. I'd never seen Parks and Rec. Was it Parks and Recreation Mr. Glover was on? Uh, he or was what? in Community. Community, yeah, yeah never. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big, you know, a half-hour guy, but when I saw that, then I, I heard his music. I thought, wow, this guy's talented. And then when I switched on that, and it was a story about, you know, a guy, his haircut. He doesn't want to say it. It follows him through a day with this wonderful character. What was the guy called? Robert. He's a stand-up comic, I think, down there in Atlanta who played... Oh, yeah, the... Played the, Bibby. The, the barber, <laughs> yeah. The barber, yeah. which is... And it just made me... It was half an hour of pure delight and sort of recognition about what it was about in a sense. On the other hand, I, you never know what's coming next. I mean, the whole thing with, the, you know, the diversion about... You know that he's he's re-stealing lumber. Then he's got the chicken. Then he's got the scene with the kids, the magician with the cape. The whole, the whole. It's a very, it's a very, um, fabulously entertaining show for half an hour. I mean, I, I could pick another episode. I picked that one because I think it just made me laugh continuously. Yeah. The other one, like the one about uh, you know the hundred dollar bill, is how difficult it is for a guy to spend out. A black guy to check a hundred dollar bill in the cinema, and then the one when they go to this sort of weird, sort of um, umpapa in northern. You know, right, I mean, right. it's the, full of surprises. Every it's episode a, is completely different. Absolutely, that's yeah. what I loved about it. That it doesn't rely on a narrative or like it's not like oh, it's just a variation on last week's show. It takes off somewhere else. Yeah. And uh, the performances are fabulous. Um, you know, Tyree Henry's great. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. This, so this is a showcase for Brian uh, Tyree Henry, and, uh, and he is absolutely he's an incredible actor. And he's, uh, he really is. You know, really at frustration and subtlety at the end when he's like, he's not going to, he's not, he's going to look at the other barber. Yeah, he said the the show was full of stuff he can relate to and not, re- but it doesn't matter. You yeah. just it's. It's life that goes on outside of your life. And that's always interesting to me when you see a show which you know nothing about, rather like High Maintenance, another show which I really, yeah, I think, and they're sort of under the radar. High Maintenance, one of those, I mean, again, you've got the guy that plays the lead, Ben, the weed dealer. Yeah. Ben, ben Sinclair. Ben Sinclair, yeah. thank you. Sinclair, yeah. yeah. Ben Sinclair. Because his character is so, uh, again, it's a show that, that doesn't follow any. He's the only constant yeah. every week. But again, it's a completely, you never know what you're going to get. And again, you see actors you've never seen before. It always looks like it's in Brooklyn in summertime. He's cycling around. Everybody's having a good time. And then you come across some extraordinary graphic stuff. I mean, there's one when people were having like a sexual sort of adventure for two days. And he's just brought in to supply. But he's always, he's the center of it. He's sweet. Yeah. He doesn't judge anybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like about 
Atlanta. Again, they're not judging anybody. They're just living their life, getting on with it in Atlanta. And Atlanta are part of something you've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. Well, Luke? that's why, you know, it's fascinating. There's so much good stuff out there. I'm sure I've missed it. And then I... Well, I love that you picked two... I mean, these two shows are... They're classified as comedies. But no. that, that's not fair to just, no, like... it's not. Pigeonhole them as comedy. There, there's so much more than that. There, you almost can't classify what these shows are. I, rem- I mean, I don't know how they pitched um, uh, high maintenance, but I remember the first one, which was, I mean, I thought, and it was all told from the dog's point of view. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. Brilliant. It was like, I thought, what's this? And then you don't relate. I like that. The fact that it doesn't follow a, an obvious narrative line. It's not a sitcom, there's no laugh track. You're just in there with the characters. And especially in um, the Atlanta one, as I said, with Brian Tyree Henry and his relationship with uh, frustrations with um, the character Bibby. With Bibby, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he just made me laugh. And, and, then, and he's just, you know, and, and as tough as his character wants to be as a no, hip-hop he star, he's, he still you know, has this heart. And there's something about the way Brian Tyree Henry acts with his eyes he does so much with his eyes more than a- anything else he's a big guy yeah but it's all about those eyes and you look at like there's there's so much acting going on just in the way he moves very laid eyes. back he's very laid back he's very aware him his relationship with the uh, urn and whatever is uh, is terrific i just like the sort of you know will they're not will they won't they i mean he's a manager of uh, it's not all about hip-hop and the music's great i mean it also teaches you about music that i wouldn't you know, normally put on or listen to, maybe, perhaps. So yeah. it ta- I like stuff that takes you out of your so-called comfort zone but remains in it because, it's, because if it's creative and well done, nothing's out of your yeah. comfort zone, you know. There's also a tension in, in this show. Mm. There's an un- this underlying tension, which, again, you don't find in most comedies, but it, it definitely exists in, in their existence. In their existence and about Atlanta itself. Yeah. I always think there's a l- certain, you know, tension down there, which is... Uh, Especially with it being in the South and being this sort of, you know, I remember being there two years ago when the, all the, the companies were going there. And then that, um, I think that Nathan Deal was the governor down there and was having to sign that anti-gay bill and suddenly realized if he did do it, that they were all going to move. People yeah. weren't going to come there. And it's a big, big time. I mean, you know, they did that stupidly in North Carolina. I remember I used to film in Wilmington, which is a great place. But they signed that deal like, oh, we don't need all those Hollywood people. And you go, it's not about that. It's about money, man. I mean, it's about business. We're not talking Hollywood, you know, whatever that stupid phrase means. It can get everybody, oh, they're all actors. They're going to infect us with their liberal views. But it was like about business. Yeah. And they found out the hard way. I mean, I know a lot of people down there. I had a driver down there who moved back to, not knew back to, moved to Atlanta because they took all the tax incentives away from North Carolina. Yeah. You know, and made it, and now they're going through this again. There's a, uh, a thing going on with this new governor they've got, uh, Brian Kemp, another, you know, yeah. another feather in Atlanta's cap, you know, thank you. But it's, a, but it's an interesting town. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. It's got, but, but it doesn't, it's sort of, it's all under the surface there. But yeah. this show doesn't, it doesn't make it about that. It's there all the time. Yeah, yeah. Without saying it. Yeah, yeah, and this is a show that it, it takes a while to produce, and and uh, you know they're at a, in a hiatus right now. I so. like that. I don't think you have to push stuff out. It's like when they talked about us about oh god, you know the second season, what we're going to do without without Brian Fuller, whatever. Well, you know, you get on with life. I mean, that's it. You know, whatever went on there, because you'll never know. Gag orders for lawyers, you know, whatever. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not saying. Um, but the show goes on. 
Um, and also, it takes time. Yeah, I mean, it's like, and you're, oh, it's been off. It's been off the air for two years. There must be problems. There must be. There must be. I mean, you know, Donald Glover's obviously a very busy guy now and very much in demand, but that show remains like he can go back to that at any time, I think. Yeah. And producer, well, they only do like, what, six or eight? I kind of like that. There's, there's not that many. There's not like 50 of them, you know? Yeah, you know, it's... A bit like Faulty Towers when everybody thinks it's like, oh, there must be, you know, what? Didn't I think there's 10? Yeah. There's 10 episodes well, of Faulty Towers? It, it's so funny. I think about how, you know, yeah, all those great British comedies and, and series for the most part were only 10, 12 episodes at most. And, uh, you know, for the longest time in the U.S., every series had to be 25 episodes a season. And, You've got to and, feed the beast. Yeah, but yeah. things have changed, and in some ways, we're now following much more that UK model of uh, sort of you know, ten episodes, eleven episodes, and that might be it, or you might get a second. Or well, try and get it. Try and get it right. I mean, I think they're giving they're giving people, creative people, their head and seeing what they come up with. Um, but this, because the whole business has changed, the, I mean, network TV is what it is. I mean, it it. it it sells popcorn. It sells stuff. I mean, so there's a certain there's a certainty to it that it can't be cable. So when they pretend to be cable, they fail. They they they, they shouldn't try to be. It's not the same business when you bre- when you've got twenty. What is it? In a half hour show, you've got is it twenty minutes? It runs down twenty one minutes. Yeah, I 20, mean, so 20, an hour show is forty yeah. minutes. I mean, yeah. what the hell is that? So you fill it up with basically it's the same show every week with a twist. But that's the way it, it, it has to be if you're going to do 25 episodes. So that, thank God that, I mean, I remember when I did my series in, in, in Lovejoy, which again, which was a show I produced and, and, and acted in independently, but for the BBC, it was one of their first independent shows back in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And um, again, that brings me back to a show which was network TV, but, but created itself around the familiarity, which is Rockford Files, yeah. which I have huge sort of affection for watching it. And you don't mind the familiarity of the Camaro, Paradise Beach in Malibu, and James Garner's, you know, uh, indelible sort of performance allied with look, the father, Noah Beery, and then you had the one of Stuart Margolin playing Angel, and you waited for that. Not a perfect human being. He had his flaws. He was in a classic line. It was, well, Stephen Cannell, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, but it was a really... I mean, if you're going to do a network, a great theme by Mike yeah, Post, oh, that great theme, so seventies. Oh, yeah. yeah. Combined with, I mean, he did, but it's like everything. It doesn't. It dates in a good way. It yeah. doesn't date. You watch it and you go, yeah, because the writing was very sharp. The performances were truly sharp. The relationship between, and that's what it's all about. Always about characters. The relationship between him and his dad. An angel who trusted, and the policeman who loved him but thought he went around him. Um, Joe, good, yes. he was terrific, but there was always that frustration. So, yeah. and that's a very difficult genre, um, which is not. It's kind of. It, I mean, they call it comedy drama. It's not really, but it's got a light touch on top of, you know, a show. It's not like it's. It's not in your face, heavy. Um, like about. It's not a criminal show. It's not a crime show. It's based on a. Personality Rockford, you know, he must, he's a knight errant. Women love him. It's a long tradition of like Ross MacDonald books, um, you know, the Lou Arch character, the long tradition of the, the classic yeah, uh, uh, PI uh, who's a greedy, an honest guy trying to make, trying to do what he can in a corrupt world and get along with it and get along with people uh, and uh, understanding them for what they are and forgiving them at the same time, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, and that kind of show used to be all over television, and you don't find that kind of that mix of of sort of this action, crime, well, comedy, drama. No, I mean when, when I did Lovejoy, it was kind of. But again, that was a ninety. I mean, it's hard to think. We've we've been we finished it twenty ninety four, but times have changed. I mean, I remember you know you, you after that. Um, you're exposed to television for a, for a, uh, you know, when you're exposed to television every week, it's a big thing, especially in Britain, England, because it's not, that in America, it's, they have the same attitude. Oh, they've just been known as that. Thank God I had a, you know, I produced it as well, and I directed some of them. But then again, you only cut to eight years, it's only five years later, and The Sopranos came out here, yeah. which created a whole new, created not the bad guy, but... Well, Nobody wore black and white hats anymore. It was they the, the anti-hero, people. right? Yeah, Which, of like. course, Al Sorensen was one of them. Well, so, yeah. Yeah, and, and so that was an interesting trend throughout the 2000s. It and now all about it's the all mixed up. There's no, yeah. there's not necessarily, it's not like you portray this as a hero. You work it out for yourself, you know. Um, TV drama goes in a different way. I mean, and then along came Game of Thrones, which expanded the whole um, thought of TV, the whole sort of epic well, in special effects, the yeah. TV, well, and the rise of giant televisions and everything else, because you can imagine watching Game of Thrones on a 12-inch black-and-white TV. I yeah. mean, you can't, but everything moves forward. Well, and also fantasy and sci-fi became respectable. Became respectable and became, yeah, exactly, and became, yeah, and you, and you could do it without looking cheesy all the time, I remember. But there's a huge respect for, I mean, I did a, you know, it's funny sometimes, I did a Space 1999, I remember, back in, like, 1973, which was a... A show with um, Martin Landau. It was great. Yeah. They did it. Martin was fan, and his wife Barbara Bain at the time. But they did it, and that's like a cult show. People go, "Oh, can I?" I remember you from, and you go, "Wow, you know, <laughs> But it's because yeah. people love that genre, and I think waiting for it's like growing up with Star Wars. Yeah, you know, people from the seventies, you know, who remember their first real cinematic experience was Star Wars. Yeah, which is a western in future. You know, I mean, but, but everything is based on you know. So, by the way, my goal of this podcast episode is I want somehow Donald Glover to catch wind of this and cast you in season three of Atlanta. <laughs> that would be a no. I, well, you know, it, it's it's just that shows capture your imagination. That Atlanta did, and it's not like it said, "Oh, I must be in it because you throw the whole concept off, whatever." But it's like saying that's what television should do. You go, I mean, again, like like. Atlanta is something that's completely out of your. You just sit back and enjoy it, and you have the other people, and you get other people. You go, have you seen Atlanta? They go, look at you. you, go, you well, I've heard about it. You go, well, just watch it. You know, you don't have to just plunk right in. You don't have to sort of go and read about it and then sit down and think. Now I will understand this show. It's too cerebral. It's just a great show. With and also what comes off about the two shows I've mentioned, I think. Uh, Atlanta and um, High Maintenance is, and even Rockford, is a great warmth that comes yeah. across the TV to you. You know, you, you're enjoying this. So it's, they're, craft, they're carefully crafted, they're very well cast, beautifully done, and a joy to watch, which is what television is. I mean, I, I watch, you know, on the road sometimes, and, uh, you know, you'll switch on TV, and you, something will come on, and you'll keep watching it, and you go, oh, I, never seen that you know? yeah i never i didn't even think to put that on or like uh or shows that suddenly but or shows that you've avoided 
think I'm, I'm not going to watch that. Or binge watch. That's one show I did binge watch. I mean, but I've done that a couple of times. I remember I had to stay in the country and I binge watched Breaking Bad one week, Breaking, you know, which I thought was, you know, just again, it's in the it's a follow up of like Al and Tony Soprano, but again, told from a completely individual. Vince Gilligan. Brian Cranston, all the people on that show, uh, Jonathan Bank, did it, you know, it's a, it's a great show. Yeah, yeah. It's well, a really great show. And then you get the spin-off of Saul, which is another interesting, completely different kind of show. And again, set in places, locations, yeah, terrific casts, actors you haven't seen for a while. I mean, that, there's never been a better time to be, um, you know, an actor, if yeah. you like, or a young actor. Uh, but it's, it's really, it's really, the whole television thing just blew away in the, you know, the early, starting like 20 years ago. And I think you can say that, you know, but again, be, I mean, there's so much running through my mind, because I think even before that, I mean, Oz was one of my favorite shows. Oz yeah. was a tough show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, wow, that's before Sopranos, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a really tough show yeah. with, uh, a, with a really odd premise, you know, out there. I mean, you know, the beginning of the speeches by Harold Perrineau, then you had Regis Moreno playing the, the nun in there. I mean, yeah. I, and then you had the the, the homoerotic sort of centric, uh, centric, violent mood of it. But really, inter- they, just interesting stuff. Yeah, and think about how much back then viewers weren't used to that kind oh, of. Oh no, it's so in your face. What a like explosion that must have been for viewers. But back that in was the day. cable. But I was, I, I mean, I, but th- that has always changed stuff. I mean, I remember back in when I. First came over in back of the seventies, because you know, I've lived here on and off. I mean, mostly here now, but for the since seventy five when I first came over. But I mean, to to live. But we had the Z Channel, yeah, yeah, which was which, and was also responsible for bringing movies back. People that would never see them in the cinema, so they'd have the Z Channel. They go, and it was. Re- I mean, Z Channel, I think, was literally single handedly responsible for bringing Heaven's Gate. Into consciousness is a great which everybody goes, oh it ruined the film studio it did this it did this terrible and you see it and you go wow there's some it's not perfect but it doesn't matter there's some amazing things in it yeah and, and it's, it's told from a different perspective you know I mean it's, and again Z Channel would do that yeah no it brought indie film into households absolutely that never Absol- seen those kind never of movies never seen before. the movies before or it brought back big movies and showed director's cuts yeah showed the original cut like Once Upon a Time in America Once Upon a Time in yeah. the West it was when stuff. people just started talking about auteurs and, and filmmaking yeah. in a different way yeah so oh. in a moment Ian McShane on how the new Deadwood movie is a love letter to the series from Variety this is my favorite episode This is Daniel Holloway. Join me every Friday for TV Take, Variety's podcast about the television business. In every episode, we feature interviews with stars and showrunners from today's hit shows, as well as conversations with Variety journalists about the key TV headlines of the day. Subscribe or download to TV Take wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. It's my favorite episode. I'm Michael Schneider, and Ian McShane is our guest. The actor is currently seen on season two of American Gods, in which he plays Mr. Wednesday, an old god on a journey to unite his fellow gods to combat the rise of new gods led by Crispin Glover's Mr. World. Meanwhile, he's also back in May as the iconic Al Swearingen, the foul-talking owner of the Gem Saloon in Deadwood. This town is a sanctuary. Every man worth the name knows the value of being unreachable. It'd be a pity not to recognize what's at stake. 
supposed to move out. You ever seen Bullock of not going straight at a thing? McShane tells my favorite episode that he remains proud of the show, even if fans believe Deadwood ended way too soon. Okay, I gotta ask you about the jacket. I mentioned the jacket earlier. That is a sharp jacket. Your your Deadwood uh, I know. movie. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and so uh, you know, it's it's uh, it. After so many years of people talking about the movie returning, it uh, it's finally coming on May thirty first. It's it's this is real and yeah. We just finished. Uh, we just finished. I just finished dubbing it. I mean, dub it, ADRing the few stuff you know, which would have to be, and, and which you have to do on all movies, um, um, which I like doing. I think because you can improve it. People yeah. are, you know, you really can sometimes. And I've seen it before that, and it's, uh, yeah, I think it, again, Deadwood exudes that in a different kind of a way. You love those people, you love that town. It's just a show, and I've got to admit that when I was on the road. And I'd pitch on, I'd flick past dead when he'd come on. I'd go, I'll watch it for a couple of minutes. And then I'd finish up. I'd go, go smiling to myself, yeah. going, it's a really good show. Because yeah. it, it was a great show, terrific show, with no bones about and no compunction about not banging yourself on the, patting yourself on the back. But say, yeah, because Milch is a bit of a genius. You know, HBO allowed us to do People went, oh, it's a shame it did three years. And you go, we did three years. A lot of shows don't get three years. So you look at it from that point of view, and now it's come full circle. It's, what, it's 13 years later, yeah. 13 years later since the other first show went off the air. But it's come back as a two-hour movie, which is a different beast. It's like it's, but on the other hand, it, it, it's kind of a love letter to the old Deadwood. It's 10 years later. I think they found the connecting tissue like making it statehood day which is what this is here on my jacket which is you know, it's 10 yeah. years later it's it, 1886 yeah. and there's a reason why a lot of the characters come back so there's you know for Alma and for uh, Hearst to come back in because he's got commercial interests there she Alma owns the bank um, people have come back Bullock's been living in the town Al is a little you know not exactly what he used to be well you can't drink that much and not be as I said before <laughs> but, um, but on the other hand it's like it, it's He's count- and that's true to them. And yeah. I think people will love it. It's a perfect hook to, to bring the show yeah. back. And, 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 a reason, out- and a good one. Not, yeah. not a, it doesn't seem forced, you know? Right, right. No, it's, it's timely. And so much has changed. Uh, technology has changed. The- oh, gosh, yeah. I did a whole thing for the visual effects the other day, which, you know, because now you've got more greenery in Deadwood. You've got the, the towns changed. I mean, we did go back to the original set, which yeah. is extraordinary. And um, just... More of it, because yeah. the, the fires happened since then, so buildings are now made of brick, some are made of brick and whatever. And it was a, it was a really out-of-body experience, filming again, in the best sense of the word. It was like you just put that put Al's suit on again, and there you are. Walk down that thoroughfare in the mud, and here we are again yeah. at the jam, and seeing, you know, all my, you know, Earl Brown and Sean Bridges, Johnny and... Don Doherty. No, it was it was it was great to see all those actors that you didn't say, you didn't get to say goodbye to properly the first time in some ways. But every time we finished the scene in this, it was like, this may be it. Yeah. Who knows? It may not be it. I mean, it may be another one. You never know. This. We live in interesting times. Absolutely. You never say no to nothing, anything. No. Nothing's ever really dead no. anymore. No. So, you know, speaking of all these, you, know, no. you mentioned Rocket Files. They, they, they keep trying to reboot that. Everything they, they reboot now. Well, yeah, I mean, I, it's, um, that would be a tough one. I mean, I think, you know, it's like Rockford Files. You get younger actors to play. It's like they're always asking me about my thing in Lovejoy. And I said, you know, 
if you're going to do Lovejoy again, bring it. Back. I had a daughter. Perfect, you know, perfect. Bring it's a great part for for a you know a young actress in England. Go and bring it back and talk about Lovejoy, and then in walks this gorgeous blonde or whatever. No, that's the new Lovejoy. Yeah. But you know, you can't go back again twenty five years, and, and it's not the same. Right, right. Much as you liked. I mean, you see it, and it's it's thank you. It's great. It was a great show. But no, you you go back to it with a different perspective. I mean, Rockford again, female Rockford maybe. Yeah. Whatever. That's, yeah, that's all. You got to have a twist. But um, to go back to you know, like it's really it's really interesting when you find shows like Out of the Blue, like I did High Maintenance. Not so much Atlantic, because it had been talked about the first year. I mean, I'd heard of it, but it wasn't on mine. Then I watched. I thought, but I wasn't. I was just loved the show, the way it was done, the way it was acted, the way the whole thing came together, the look of it. You know, you can't describe it. I mean. Um, yeah, when you watch something like that, do you do you look at it at, with an actor's eye? Is it hard to separate? No, I tend to. I tend to try to be as uh, with shows that have got. I'm. I don't have that sort of. Um, when I watch it the first time, I watch something. Unless you're what uh, TV, because it's what I love about shows like High Maintenance or, or um, Atlantis. They don't try and grab. It's not like they grab you instantly. It's not an hour drama. It's like saying it infiltrates. You watch and you go, "This is really interesting. This is really out of." I watch the way it develops. From casual, I mean, I, I think that's um, that comes out of um, maybe Glover's experience working on a network show, and he knows how shows are put together, which I think he must have been watching the entire time, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And making his own notes in his head for a show he had. Um, so, yeah, it's always it's always exciting to see something that's completely different. Yeah, yeah. Coming from, coming from nowhere. Yeah, and that's a guy, like you mentioned, he's also an artist. I mean, he makes music videos. He oh, no, he performs you know, concerts. He's very talented, yeah. yeah. No, and he's, and he's just seriously good. Um, his music is seriously good, you yeah. know? No, Childish Gambino, yeah. No one should be that talented. No one should be able to do so many things. Well, he also has, a, he's cutting, he has this sort of, he's a very, he, he appears to be a very laid-back kind of guy, which only adds to that marvelous mystique. And he's not frightened of taking his clothes off. <laughs> Which is, no, I mean, appearing, because he it's not like he's built like, you know, doing, it's like saying he's a really interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. That's all. He's like, yeah, yeah. So we, uh, Deadwood, American Gods, what else are you excited about? Yeah, American about? Gods, but, well, yeah, we've got a good one coming. Up. Yeah, we got, yeah, I've got my, my sort of my backstory coming up tomorrow night. I mean, it'll be by the time this is out, it'll be back with. Oh, so, so some more Mr. Wednesday. Mr. Uh, Wednesday in the thirties when yeah. he ran a burlesque club. Yeah, it's a, it's a, oh, that's exciting. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a good episode. But I think yeah, I think we got back to the the book more this year, and I think it's been proved. You know, it's been it's kept up very well. The show's been received well everywhere, and we're looking forward to now. You know, I mean, we won't start again. We won't start again until probably like September. But, I mean, they're working on it now. We have a new writer's uh, guy called Chick Egley, mm-hmm. who's famous. He's been around a long time, who has some good ideas. I'm going to have meetings with him and talk about the direction for the new show. Because, again, I think one of the strengths about American Gods, it's not the same show every week. It's completely different. Yeah. Uh, with a strong undercurrent of, um, of parallels to today, but it's gotten. But it talks about all those, you know, those lofty things, metaphysical things, um, r- race, ethnicity, being, faith, yeah. religion, whatever. Addiction. But in a way, yeah. But yeah, you know, I mean, I I like that. But in in a way that's um, 
my character particularly, who is, you know, can go whichever way he wants, Mr. Wednesday, because he's... But I've always thought it's not, it's, not a, it's not a magic show. It's not Harry Potter. It's not, um, it's not Game of Thrones. It's not... It's a sort of... It's a sto- and it's a road story about America. It's about America, yeah. where we are now. Um, yeah, and, and America sort of being torn apart by different forces. By different forces, yeah. which, you know, yeah. And then I've got, yeah, that, that movie called Bolden coming out, which is interesting, which is written and directed by Dan Pritzker, which is the story of Buddy Bolden, who was this real, if sort of mythical, because nobody's ever heard. He was the huge influence on jazz music in New Orleans at the turn of the 20th century and was committed into a mental asylum and spent the last 20 years of his life in a mental asylum. But... Michael Ondaatje wrote this beautiful sort of prose poem about him called Coming Through Slaughter. And Dan has made the equivalent, I think, of a sort of a, um, a high-level art jazz movie. Difficult. I've seen it, and I really enjoyed it. It's, you know, it's all... Of course, I play the evil judge, a mythical sort of... <laughs> well, a compendium yeah, figure. You yeah. have to have a sort of a figure that's anti-Bolden for, for him to rail against. But Gary Carr... English black actor who's terrific playing Buddy Bolden. Um, Winter Marsalis did the score, which is fabulous. That'll be out. And then we've got, after that, of course, we have Mr. John Wick, mm-hmm. part three coming out. Yeah, before Deadwood hits. And um, John Wick, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with the great... Uh, no, and again, you know, you're working with people. It's a pleasure to work with Keanu. He's one of the... Good guys in the business. Yeah. And yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm as solid as a rock. That, that's what I hear. Like, very really smart, good, good very guy. dedicated, very um, warm, a very real guy. Yeah. In terms of that, we, we, uh, we have a good relationship. I think he comes across on screen in a certain way. But, you know, but I've, I've watched him, and this is a much, and each time the show gets bigger, you know, which means he's got to do more of that. Fighting, yeah. rolling around, whatever. But it's all based on real stuff, and I think the reason why people like it is because it's not quick cuts to everything. It's based on, and it sort of pays homage to Bruce Lee, and that said that it's an art form. And fight, it's an art. It's like he's a rolling, and he's this mythical killing machine. It's yeah. not like, well, it, you know he ain't going to die, you know, because John Wick, is he Baba Yaga? Is he the, the last thing you see before you, whoa! Yeah, before you die, and that's a franchise that, like, whenever it shows up on TV, people just watch. I mean, it's it has this lasting power. This well, I power. think you know, it came out of nowhere. I mean, we did the first one because it was Willem Dafoe, me, John Leguizamo. We all. I mean, I think sometimes you recognize. You think it's a really super smart script, and uh, you know, and, and Keanu was in it. Good, terrific director, Chad, who did Chad Stahelski. Did a great job with it, and then two, and then it came out. He sort of got a cult following. I remember I saw it in, I was in Atlanta. That was a funny thing. I saw it. I snuck yeah. into it like a, yeah, back about four years ago. I snuck into a, a showing like the first twelve o'clock and watched it on the big screen. Yeah, I'd been away. I thought, yeah, that's pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. good. It'll be good. And then, <laughs> then we part two, and then part three. Here we are. And then uh, filming, hopefully, an episode of Atlanta. We're going to make this happen. <laughs> that Hope would you're be listening, nice. Donald Glover. That, Donald that would be Glover. amazing. Yeah, I just, I think that'd be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, I know you probably get asked this all the time, but, you know, you obviously play a certain kind of character in, in most of your projects, a very heavy character. Uh, I don't, did you think so? I mean, I, well, I mean, Lovejoy, which is what I did, the character I did in England, which was, was a, more of a light, as I said, more like, 
more like Ghana was in uh, in Rockford Files. I mean, sort yeah. of, you know, like a, a, an ambivalent character. Is he on the good? But he's on the side of the angels. You're not quite sure how big he's on the side of the angels, but he is. Um, but that's what makes him interesting. I think Al was heavier. Um, Winston in um, John Wick is this, what was he? Was he sort of, you know, MI6? Mm-hmm. He finally came across and got a job with, you know, at the CIA and stayed on, whatever. Now he's become, a, you know, the head of this mythical organization that runs for the high table. Um, the character like in, um, well, Hellboy's Dad, which has been out. I mean, that was fun to do with um, with with Big David playing Hellboy. Yeah, um, yeah and, and have, a moral character. Well, yeah, and you have fun with Wednesday, too. No, you know, these characters, they're heavy, but there's Wednesday. Also, oh, Wednesday's, Wednesday's enormously fun. Yeah. Enormous yeah. fun to play yeah, because all, it, he can go whichever way he yeah. wants. You know? I was going to say, all these characters, they're heavy, but they're fun at the same time. They, they always have these moments where they well, just if they're say not, something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the, but that's what you've grown up with now where you, nobody's just one thing, you know. I mean, I think when when started off Al Swearingen, people thought, oh, he's just you know, he's a bad guy who runs the German. But Milch, you know, because basically that's who I'm playing. I mean, David is a complicated <laughs> guy himself, you yeah, know. Yeah. Hugely complicated. There's no. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, and who swears a lot. And who swears a lot, yeah. <laughs> and he swears a lot, but, you know, you know, but if I'd put one swear word in the wrong place, it would have been wrong because it's very music. Everything was written down, Michael. Yeah. There was no. People go, oh, you must have had a ball doing that swearing when you wanted. You go, no, you did. Nobody swore no, when they wanted. It was that's milch. as with all that's great all writers, it's, yeah. it's all that. It's all there, rhythmically, yeah. musically, and that sort of you know prose score he's written in a sense, you know, musical. Because that's great writing always does it. I mean, that's you know the a concept. Like again, when we're back to Atlanta, great idea, yeah. but and executed well, high maintenance. What a great idea. Because, again, it's like a compendium. They're like compendium stories, you know, especially high maintenance because di- he can different story each week. Yeah. And it's great. You never know what you're going to come up with. And that, to me, is you know, the nice thing about TV. Unless it's kind of like, you know, it's going to move back to network again. But it's horses for courses. And, you know, certain networks do the big ones. I mean, it's like, you know, HBO had it to itself for a while. I, mean, I used to watch HBO when it was always the boxing, you know, which was great. HBO boxing. Now it yeah. doesn't have the boxing anymore. That's finished. It's gone somewhere else. Now boxing's on. Again, you've got to scrabble around. I mean, I loved it. I used to watch it with my dad when I was a kid. But now it's like it's on. You go, what the, what the hell do I watch this fight? And then you've got to join some kind of, you know, uh, a streaming service. Yeah, they want Because they've always been. Oh, yeah. well, well, they want. No, but I mean, that's the problem with that. When you, when you watch sports on TV, they want money for everything. Say, so, you know, if you want to watch the water polo, you have to pay for that. You go, I've already paid for the football, the soccer, the rugby. Well, if you want to watch, you know, um, you know, sumo wrestling from Japan, you have to pay another. And you want to go, come on, guys, give me a break. But, but hey, this is the land of making money, dear. They'll make it however they can. <laughs> it's show business, as they say. Show business, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, great. Uh, well, so, so much to look forward to, including finally seeing this Deadwood movie, which we've been talking about for so long, I can't wait to finally see a cut. So. It, was, it was really, it was great that it happened, and it happened, sort of, you know, we talked about it. No, well, it had been mooted, but it wasn't one of those things you were kept every year, like, oh, well, are we going to do it? Finally, you know, but it was about a year and a bit ago now, they got the script together, and everybody was available for later in the year, because it wouldn't have been Deadwood. If you just if you didn't have all those characters, those amazing people, because people are going to go, oh, there's not enough of that, there's not enough of that. But believe me, there's uh, 
I think they did a great job with it. I yeah. really do. Yeah. Well, Ian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming by and talking about uh, great TV and, and everything else. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing the Deadwood movie and everything else. It's a pleasure, Michael. Thanks for asking me. Absolutely. That's it for this edition of My Favorite Episode. Join us again next time as we once again explore another guest pick. And be sure to subscribe to My Favorite Episode on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you download podcasts. Also, head on over to Variety.com for your daily fix of TV news, analysis, and reviews. I'm Michael Schneider, and we'll see you again next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.